Welcome to Vetting America, a show about veteran entrepreneurs telling their stories of service, sacrifice, transition, and transformation. We also highlight the organizations and resources that are improving the quality of life in the veteran space. Before we get started, I would love to give a shout out to our sponsors, Adam Bird of the Heroes Media Group, Angel Francisco of Vest Marketing, and of course, Anthony Kovic of the Tampa Post. Please help my fellow vetpreneurs get the word out about these great resources by liking and sharing this podcast. I'm your host, Adam T. Cummings, and today's show features Petty Officer Brian Jacobs, who served as a combat corpsman in the United States Navy between the years of 1999 and 2005. Listen to how he overcame the suicide of his brother, who was a Marine Corps veteran, by creating a resource that gives veterans a second chance at life. Let's jump into it. Thank you so oh, much for coming appreciate on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your time as a Navy corpsman. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Jump right into it. That, that's that's a story. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't um, I didn't actually know what I was signing up for. Yeah. Right. Um, it was um, I joined the Navy, um, and what sold me on it was a session from hot nurses and young doctors in hospitals. There was nothing about being Fleet Marine Force. Well, there was. There's a little picture, like a little, let me say a three by three with Marines running out an AAV, and uh, they were running out back this vehicle. And I said, "What's this FMF thing?" they're like, it's optional, don't worry about it. And I'm okay. like, all right, sign me up. <laughs> but then there was this whole other thing I could have been called a nuke. And, uh, but they didn't tell you about a $100,000 reinvestment bonus. They didn't not. tell you about school being in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. You get E5 out of school. Like, it's, it, here's a silver platter. Enjoy your life. No. But, but, but then again, that wasn't my purpose. And, uh, you know, um, actually we joined the military to be a cook. And um, oh, I yeah. didn't even qualify to be a cook because I guess I scored uh, too high on the ASVAB. Yes. Yes. So we'll see. <laughs> the rest was history. Um, so what made you initially decide to join the military? Well, you know, um, you know everybody, every male in my family has served. Okay. Um, and so it was a call. Um, actually, I didn't want to join the military at first. Um, I wanted to go to college first and then join the military. And coming from a family of humble beginnings, yes. um, there really wasn't that choice of, hey, aside from having good grades and playing football, um, I had broken my leg my senior year wow. of high school, so I had to wait a year. Yes. I would have be working weird jobs, um, barely making it. You know, mom and dad were like, go, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, whoops, I guess I got to make a decision. But um, at the end of it all, um, my grandfather, he was a World War II vet, um, and he was a cook, and he basically inspired a lot of my life, okay. um, as well as my father. And um, it was just something that when I realized it was my purpose to join, it was easy. Yes. But it was the, the anticipation of not knowing what was to come. And it's, it's like about when you're about to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Or a helicopter or, for yeah. no reason. And, and you're, you're going up. The, the ascent is the scariest part, but once you start going on the ride, it's... It's, it's, it's completely different. Completely yeah. serene, almost. Yeah. Well, life changes, you know? I mean, you realize once you have purpose and you're around people who you trust, I mean, when you go into the military, you trust no one, because you know yes. no one. And when you get there and you're around all these guys and you're like, oh, okay, we're all here to... All right, well, this is working out better than I thought, yes. and I get paid to do this, all right. I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> I think that's the best part of the military is people ask all the time, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, you suffer with everyone else. And, I, and, I've, and I've learned that if you go through terrible things with other people, it brings you really close to those people. And that is not that terrible. <laughs> it's not that terrible. Right. I mean, but, especially when I was uh, overseas. I mean, mm. completely different world. I mean, 
uh, being a Navy corpsman overseas, I mean, your job That's is a just battlefield paramedic. Yes. Um, and I was with a frontline unit, 2nd Ladder Commons Battalion, and uh, I, you could not have prepared, you, no, no man or boy was prepared at 20, 21 years old to do what we were doing. Of course. Um, no amount of training, no amount of Workups. I mean, I mean, I'll, I won't lie to you. I mean, training really takes place when you, you're not thinking. Yes. And I really understand why the repetition goes into it and why we do the things we do all the time. Act without thought. Yeah, because you can clean your rifle without thinking, especially if it jams up. And it's just not like you don't panic. You just act. Yes. Um, and that was the, the craziest thing I experienced was seeing my body take over in a yes. situation where I didn't think I had control. So how does that change your mentality in life when you are finally in a situation to where you've prepared, you've prepared, you've prepared, and then all of a sudden it's, it's time to put it into practice. You're completely not in control, but yet somehow you're still in control. How did that change your ability and your thought process moving forward in your life? Well, you know, the, the military did two things, and I actually came to a kind of a realization this, it was like two weeks ago, where I realized what the military did, it actually set me up for failure. And uh, people are kind of like, what are you talking about? Uh, well, everything I did in the military um, didn't allow me to fail. So I was really, I wasn't learning anything. Um, everything I achieved was achievable. Everything I conquered was conquerable because I had all these people to my left, right, front, back making it happen. And I really realized that I didn't start really learning about life until I got out of the military. And I had not really had a situation of hard knocks or, yeah, humble beginnings is one thing, but you have mom and dad. You know, you have someone, you have a roof over your head, three meals a day, yes. laundry's being done. Like you go to work and come home, may contribute, may not. But that's not the rough life. That rough life is when you're out on your own and you know you don't hear these sob stories of college kids until you're out amongst college kids yeah. or you're amongst people who have two and three jobs trying to survive. And so I realized that the military, it, what it did, it gave me a set of um, core values, morals, beliefs, and processes, um, but it made me feel like I was invincible. Yes. Um, and when it did that, it really set me up for failure. Yes. Because when you get out, the world is very, tough it yes, does yes. not play fair <laughs> um at least not by your standards and in and, and not by the ucmj either. yeah no, no there's no there's no <laughs> articles of oh there's nothing yeah. um and there's you know i just i look back on all, all the amazing things that happened in the military but i realized that the military um actually stopped me from growing up emotionally yeah emotionally and i was not prepared for not the world Oof. And, uh, you know, I thought war was hard, but coming back in the civilian world was harder. That's a perfect segue, because the next question is going, I was going to ask is, what was your transition like? Wow. We've, we've talked about it a few times, and I told you, were, you know, the struggles I've gone through. Part of me feels, maybe not today, but in the past felt guilty that I even had those times of depression and anxiety. Right. But as I've explored myself and I've explored the world over the last four years since I've been out, I've realized that this is a natural human emotion. Huge. And that, again, the military set me up for failure by making me believe I was weak for being depressed or weak for having anxiety. Right. So tell me a little bit about your transition and what you learned. Wow. Um, you know, it was crazy because being a Navy corpsman, um, we have different standards. And, you know, I, I believe in the few and the proud. 
Um, but I believe you know even that even applies deeper to Navy corpsmen, mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't call out. I couldn't be in SIQ. Um, I couldn't. I had to shoot better. I had to run faster, because um, I had to earn my Eagle of Nager on another level. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't something that was just hey you show up to a Marine Corps unit and you get this. No. Um, no, it's not with Marines. No, it's not with <laughs> Marines. And it was like I didn't earn it until after we had gone through combat the first phase and someone. You know, gave me my EGA and said, "You doc, you've earned this." And that was the first time I had felt a part of something bigger than myself, and I had that purpose, and I was serving. Right in the fields. And so when I got out, yeah. So when I got out, I was, I was looking to still have that purpose of serving. I was looking to have a job that meant that much to me. I was looking to have a calling. And when I got out, it was just like, here's this shiny world, and I didn't have any glasses on because I couldn't see all the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> so, and um, and so I, is always I, on the other side. side. Yep. Until you hit that first pothole, and you're like, "Well, this uh, is not nope, doing it's just so like the other good. side." Yep. Yep. Exactly. And you don't realize what you're going through um, until you've you've started to see a downward spiral, and that's really what happens. I mean, I did everything from selling insurance to drawing blood to selling air conditioners to mowing lawns to I mean, I did so many things. Um, and you know, I didn't have the the greatest in transition. You know, my mind was also lost um, because PTSD or PTS, however you want to call it, wasn't really highly looked on, um, especially from uh, a perspective of, as you say, being weak. You were not accepted by in a unit of you know, if you were PTS or PTSD, then you went to a, get a med med evaluation, you got a psyche eval, and then you were, yep. and you're done. Yep. And on your own. On your own. And so, yeah, thank you. you thank know, you. Yep. Deuces. Here's your DD 214. Yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, and seven days of uh, taps. I mean, you know, and, and I went to Iraq a second time um, in 05 and ended up, you know, getting back from Iraq November 5th, was out of the Marine Corps by November 12th. Um, I had a seven day transition. Um, and it was either sign back up and go back to Iraq with another unit or get out. And you just couldn't do it again. Yeah. Well, the problem was is I was facing it. And here's where the problem with the Navy Marine Corps is I was still having to be assigned to Navy detailers. Uh, and so I'm dealing with a guy in Millington, Tennessee, who had never been to combat, had never done nothing. And you, know, so you, didn't get, you didn't get to stay with your unit. No. And so I would have That's transferred different. out. Oh, my god. And so I would have had to go learn a completely new unit, their new everything. talk, how to be, how to act. Everything. Uh, and earn my, my keep again. I mean. Luckily for me, my name was very um, well known in Second Marine Division, and so when I went, you know, if we went and did field ops or we went out to CACs or Viper, whatever you want to call it, um, people knew who I was because of my abilities and what I could do in the field. Um, and I had received a lot of great accolades for, you know, doing things I probably shouldn't have done. Now that I think back on it, um, but I. It what was a, with, a marine mentality. Yeah, it's that oh, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> Hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer. Be back. <laughs> I got this one. Yeah. And it's like no. But so I mean, it was the transition was um, I, 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 it's undescribable. It's, it's um, it really is. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It's uh, because you're feeling them for the first time. Yeah. Well, you're we not repressed them the whole time. Right. Well, you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to be upset. You're just this is it. Yep. Yeah, they either indifferent or angry. Exactly, that's, that's two, it. Two You're emotions. not out, and then you drink the big, keep get the anger down, yep. and which, so you know suppresses your everything, everything your which central nervous system. Exactly, which is really what came into play in my life is yes. uh, a lot of the the great habits I had followed, but a lot of the bad habits followed, um, and uh, you know, it was just one of these things that where I went through this process of having to learn about who I was, and uh, it's 
it's something every military member is going to feel, every spouse every is going to feel, yes. and it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a ride. Because because you know you were you were rank Jacobs. Yeah, I was HM3 FMF Jacobs. I had a title. I was proud. You People, had accolades. I had you were accolades. respected, looked up to, revered. I had, and then all of a sudden, I had seven days, Marines, you know, looking up to you. Yeah. And then seven days after you get back from your deployment, and gone. nobody gives a damn. No one cares. Nope. They they say nice things and and they yeah. mean well. Yeah. But just like as you've lived your life and continued, it's how much energy can you put into somebody else's life? Our whole job in the military is to take care of one another. Yep. Your whole job out here is to take care of yourself. Yep. Big so difference. It's a huge difference, and maybe the civilian world can take a few pointers from, uh, from, the, from the military, but at the same time, you know, we came into this world alone, we're going out alone. You need to be able to, to you know, enjoy this journey without... Yep needing so many other people around you to make sure you're right. on your game doing what you need to do. Well, that's true about exploring yourself and learning about yourself. And this is where, you know, our our civilian counterpart get a really an upgrade in us or a step up in us is that they've had a few hard years. They've had a few issues already. Um, they've gone to college. They've got to see black and white of the world yes. and full of colors where we've just seen mean green operating machine. This is the way it is. There is there no, no other, other way. way. Um, <laughs> and so and we get out and they're like, and they're like, no, no, that was wrong. That's wrong. And you're like, that's what? Not wrong. What? <laughs> what? What? Did you feel a sense of entitlement at all? You know, you know, I got over that really quickly when I got fired from a couple jobs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can see that. <laughs> um, I was like, uh, I, but I, but I served this country, and they're like, okay. they're like, yeah, yeah good yeah, job, yeah. good hey, job. Now, now here's the door. Yeah, yeah. The, we're trying to make money. Exactly. This is a business, and I'm like, what? What? We're, I thought we we're saving lives here. Uh, look, we're, 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 are we helping each other out? We, uh, no, they no? don't care. No, punch in, no, punch, punch out. out. It's like it. you didn't sell X, Y, Z, and I'm like, yeah, but I talked to all these people. Yeah, you get no sales. I'm like. Uh, well, I mean, results based. Yeah, and it's, and that's why, and unfortunately, the world is results based. All I mean, productivity. Yeah, but it w is it's reactive pro productivity. Yes. It's very reactive. We live in a very reactive society, which is one of the greatest skill sets the Marine Corps gave me is be very proactive. Proactive. Um, and have a you know a mission, have a goal in mind, um, and not even that, but have an exit strategy before you even start the mission. And contingency plans. Yeah, exactly. And so what is A, step one? What is the rally point? What is this going to happen? What happens if this goes FUBAR? Because Murphy's Law, we know. It always does for us. Yes, exactly. If it can and will, it does. Believe I think me. that's a reason why that was my apprehension towards so much planning, is I planned my whole life and it didn't work out the way right. I thought it would. Well, so, so then I leaped. Well, that's that a whole nother... Yeah. We can get into that. Yeah, that's, that's God's plan. Yeah. Oh, well, that's like, we very can, true. We can very get into true. that another yeah, so. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Vets to Success. I mean, oh, it wow. seems that you, you held a bunch of jobs. Yep. You, you even dealt with homelessness at one point, right? I did. We could talk about that. But I really want to know what Vets to Success is all about, where you came up with the idea, and, and what's kind of helped you accomplish, uh, accomplish all this. Wow. So Vets to Success, wow. It, this is... Um, this was an, this was something that chose me. It wasn't really something I chose. Okay. Um, you know, you don't get very you know very many opportunities in this world to find purpose. Um, we're all looking for it. We're all trying to find something to be passionate about. Um, and that could be basket weaving. It could be tree trimming. It could be whatever, growing flowers. It could be in-flight rocket repairman. What that could be it too. You never know. It could be jumping tall buildings. You know, yeah. I mean, evil can evil. Whatever you want to do. Okay. But um, you know, for some reason, when I got out of the military, there's something I truly 
loved about life, and that was cooking. Okay. Um, I am a chef, um, I'm a you know, very well-trained chef, but very blessed for my education. Um, well, I'm very blessed for my schooling, I'll say that. Education and schooling are very different to me, and I'll have to explain that eventually here in a second. Um, but as things progressed, um, I went to, school, went to school for culinary, did very well about it. You know, I understood rank, understood um, how things travel downhill. Um, I understood attention to detail, teamwork, um, and I could function in chaos, go figure. And, uh, <laughs> and so I fit very well into a kitchen scenario, just like every other veteran, because as you know, um, it doesn't matter where you work in the Marine Corps or the military in general, it's chaotic. It's always chaos. Um, but it's controlled it's chaos. chaos. And yeah. th but that's what makes it functional. It's functional controlled chaos. And the civilian world is no different in a lot of different jobs. Just the chaos is a little louder in some yeah. places and it's a lot quieter in others. Okay. That makes sense. And so it really depends on what level of chaos you can function in. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what makes military so adaptable to all these pieces because we can function all different levels. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so amazing about us. But anyway, so I fell into this ball of that I truly loved and found a passion in, and it was an artistic approach. Okay. Um, I just loved to cook. I loved the process of cooking, what happened, and what was happening in the pot, and why the eggs were bouncing around, and what, how hot was the water, and okay. what if I did this to it, you know, and I was always playing. A lot of science there, yeah. too. A lot of science, and that's a that's what we're talking about. Woof. We'll get into the deeper education in a minute. Uh, woof. Yeah. What not yeah. to do. Um, <laughs> I burned a lot of things, believe oh, me. Hey. And burned them. Trial and error. Burn blew up. Yeah, we'll just say, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, a lot of failure to make great things happen. So, uh, but no, I, um, you know, I fell in love with something and it fell in love with me back. It gave me a reason to live. It gave me a, a true identity. Okay. Because that's what I was really looking for when I got out the military was identity. And I, cause I got out and every time I looked in the mirror, all I saw was this guy is this uniform mm -hmm. who I love being. And, but when I really, when it came back to normal, I only saw the guy standing there and that guy was, uh, he was out of shape, he wasn't happy, um, he wasn't clean cut anymore, he wasn't anything he used to be. All these standards he could have still, but he didn't have identity through those. And you know, I remember putting on a uniform again, you know, as a chef uniform and feeling sure. a sense of, okay, wow, I, I, can, I can do this. Yeah. This Familiarity. Exactly, I, I, I have a service, I'm in a new service. Okay. And so as it chose me, people's souls. exactly, souls, minds, their bodies, their thought process, there's so much to food, I, and I, that's why I love it. But it, something happened in my life is that as I progressed through my career, I, I found a true purpose through it. Um, and unfortunately, it's come at a high cost. Okay. Um, you know, Vet to Success was born, um, it's been a nonprofit for a year. Um, prior to that, it was a uh, program for about three years. Um, the reason being is in May 2014, uh, Memorial Day weekend that year, uh, my brother took his life as veteran wow. suicide. Um, Sorry to hear that. Uh, me, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I, I used to say thank you, you know, but I can no longer say thank you for that because it's he, him taking his life gave my life purpose. Okay. Because before that, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. Still, I was, I was a cook, uh, wanted to be a chef, but what, uh, what was I going to do with yes. it? And so, that's a success and was born uh, as a nonprofit out of a program I created called Vet to Chef. Okay. And what Vet to Chef is, is all about giving passion and purpose to veterans through cooking. Okay. Just as cooking chose me, I believe it has a medium in all our lives. We love to eat and drink, right? Mm -hmm. Marines do two things good. We eat a lot and we drink a lot. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying that far. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, 
but you Not know, it, but we like to, yeah, but we like to break bread, yeah, you know, with our brothers. So mm -hmm. we like to have a good meal. We like to have camaraderie and stories, yes. and that's all done over food. Mess nights, exactly. Honored traditions in the Marine Corps is all about food and drink. Exactly, all the balls, yep. everything, always good chow. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing we say, how's the chow? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, the chow, because we don't usually ever get any good chow. Yeah, well, so once in a blue moon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mid rats. I mean, mid rats are pretty good. Get oh, what you geez. want. But yeah. so, but you know, so Veth's success was born out of the fact of all the things that I love. I know how how important they were to all my brothers and sisters. And I said, you know, this is something that could impact lives. Because what we're, we're not only just you know, teaching you how to cook, we're giving you a sense of identity. We're giving you a sense of purpose again. We're creating a passion that yes. you could always go back to. Mm -hmm. Because the great thing is about this is that you have to use your mind mm -hmm. to cook. And so what does it stop you from doing? Thank you. Thinking. Overanalyzing. Overanalyzing. Because all you do like, is yep. focus on this. Task for, give you an hour. At least you have an hour of reprieve from your own exactly. mi mental misery you're creating it, well, it's, for yourself. Exactly, it's like a it's a, like a focused meditation. Yep. Because you're not focused on all the bad going yes. on, or you're not focused on all the the hardship no, going just on. Your moment. You have a moment. And that's that's my th favorite type of meditation because my overactive mind. I do movement meditation, mm -hmm. whether it's martial arts, whether it's stretching. Tai Chi. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to move. Right. Because and then just like I do my best thinking when I'm doing dishes or I'm in the shower where I'm I'm moving my hands. I feel like my thoughts go from this to concise mm -hmm. and one thought at a time because I'm also having to use my brain to use the rest of my body. Right. So and, and same idea, and that's what we kind of got into is because you can have a, you can have a passionate outlet as long as you have a vision, and this is what yes. we also teach is we teach um, not you know to you know part of all my classes I'll hold up an orange or hold up something very simple, and I'll ask everybody you know what do they see. What do you see? And you, you would say an orange. And I'll ask somebody else, well, what do you see? And they can see that they're not saying the right thing. Um, and it's not the wrong answer. Yeah. It's just not the right thing. It's because I want them to start to use their minds in, a, in, in the ability that they can. Because uh, veterans are really resilient. And veterans have the ability to problem solve yes. and to see things past what they are. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the purpose of this is to reactivate that mindset because it's not an orange, it's a juice, it's a sauce, it's a sorbet. It's a rind. It's a, it's a for old, old fashioned. Old fashioned, it's a drink, it's a cocktail, oh. it's a finisher for a dish. That on the surface it looks simplistic, mm -hmm. but in its application it's versatile. It's versatile. Just like a veteran. But exactly, but not only that, but it's don't see it for what it is, see it for what it would become. Ah, that's great. And we teach them about their lives in that manner. It's okay. like quit looking at your life right now for what it is, because it's not where you want it to be. It's Look at your life where you want it to be yeah. and strive for that goal. Yeah. Um, and we teach them with this application called the recipe of life. Okay. And what the recipe of life is, it's all about understanding that you are a composed plate. Yes. You are a dish of everything you've become. Totality of experience. Exactly. And so you've been able to put on your plate all these things. And I asked them, you know, what is, you know, does that plate look like where you want to, what you want to eat? And they're like, no. I said, well, that's great because now you have the ability to change. You can foresee something. And I said, what I try to get them to understand is that just like an orange, the orange has got to go through a process. True. You know, how many steps does it take to get for an orange to get to your plate? And some people say, oh, three or four. No, it's. Did you, the tree's got to grow, the tree's got to be watered, it's got to be fed, it's got to have sunlight, it's got to have X amount of days. There's a process in place. Your life is no different than that process. Your life has to go through all these trials and tribulations, hot weather, cold weather, droughts. Um, it has to happen in order for you to get where you're at. Yes. But once you're more mindful, mindful. Uh, of what it is, 
and what you want to put on the plate, then everything else can have a process. Even the fact that you, they're understanding that they have a plate to begin with. Exactly. Most people, even myself, for a while, didn't even feel like I had a place at the dinner table. And now you're giving these people an opportunity to realize you actually have a full plate always in front of you. Yep. It's what you choose to put on that plate is what you're inevitably eating. Yep. And you are what you eat. Well, you're going at the buffet of life, you know, ah, no pun intended, but you are. You're walking up and, you know, people go, say to me all the time, Brian, you have such a full plate, you're doing so much. And I said, not really. When I go to the buffet of life, I'm only putting on the plate what I want. Sometimes somebody serves me a little piece of what I don't want, but I have to have acceptance in my life and realize that that had to be served mm -hmm. in order for me to get where I have to go. Okay, okay. Is there a reason you changed it from vets to chef to vets to success? Do you have plans to grow this into different trades and different uh, yeah. different jobs? Well, right now, vets to success represents um, you know three overall programs. Okay. We have vet to chef, we have vet to baker, and we have vet to brew. Oh, That's right, Vet the Brew. Vet the Brew. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah. That one's awesome. Yeah, Vet the Brew is going to be a really cool piece. We're actually going to brew two beers, a cider and a seltzer, because okay. um, that's the new fad. Um, people want low carb, low air. They want air in a can. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, but no. Um, I saw Dasani in a, in a can. So if, if, if you can sell water in a can, you yeah. can sell seltzer. We'll do seltzer. Fermented water in a Fermented can. It, it works. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so we're going to put together a couple different pieces. We're going to do Brotherhood and Valor. We're going to be our beers. Ooh, like um, we're going to do Snafu as our cider. And then we're going to do Alphabet as our, our um, seltzer. Okay. And so reason being, these terms and terminologies are synonymous to all veterans. You know, Brotherhood and Valor means something to us. Snafu means something to us. Um, Alphabet means something to us. And I wanted it to be something cool because I wanted, you know, when a veteran sees it, they're like, Snafu, I know what that means. And the only one that does. Yeah, but the thing is they're going to want to tell everybody. Yes. And it's going to create Smart. stories. Yes. It's going to create something bigger. Now, we have some bigger plans happening. We have a program called Vet to Agro that's coming out as well. It's all about hydroponics. Okay. Um, we have a, a tea program we'd like to kick off eventually, um, doing specialty teas for a company that we want to launch. Um, coffee, of course. Everybody's into coffee. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, coffee is lots of people in coffee maybe partner yeah partner we're thinking about doing some other partner programs just it's more so for black rifle yeah we'll, we'll see what happens and uh could be some other programs out there hey <laughs> evan um just let me know right <laughs> so but no there's that and then you know we have actually a whole restaurant concept um, we've been finishing um it's actually called the chow hall that's brilliant. Yeah, and so um, right here, probably right near McDill. Uh, we're hoping to put it in the St. Pete area, okay. actually, um, because you know with that's a success, we're moving to the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area right okay. now. Um, we're in Sarasota, Mantee currently. Uh, we've done, you know, helped over 40 veterans in that local area, and then we're going to hopefully come up to St. Pete, get in contact with the domicile of the VA. We're working with the Bowley Center, uh, Pinehurst Technical College. It looks like we have a great relationship building there, um, and get into the VA system and be able to kind of start to move veterans out of domicile. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple thousand hanging around there. Tampa's um, huge. Tampa, yeah, St. Pete's a huge area market. Well, it's not, it's, and what's great about it is that you, a lot of veterans go, how can I help? I want to get back. Well, you, well, if you don't have a purpose in life or a passion in life and you're living in a domicile, your whole purpose is to get out of domicile because there's another veteran who's waiting uh, for okay. that bed. I like that. Okay. And so that's what we urge. You know, when you want to get back, you want to help. Uh, okay. Get out of domicile, better your life, because if you're not together and you're not organized, you, you can't help anybody. 
that's the number one rule. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else truly. If you can't help yourself, then you can't truly help anyone else. Well, it's, even in airplanes, if it's going down, they say put your mask on first. first and you know, putting, you know, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Like, so tell us some of your success stories of this Vets to Success endeavors. You oh. said you helped over 40 veterans. Yeah. Give us, <sighs> give us one with. Uh, the, the Vets to Chef and give us one with the Vets to Baker. Well, you know, Vets to Chef, there, uh, Vets to Chef has been so many. Um, I mean, I, some of the guys, I mean, there's, I, mean, I could speak of, I, mean, I can't give names because of confidentiality, but um, there's been, per, you know, meeting somebody who was living in a car and saying, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm working two jobs. I can't make ends meet, but I love to cook. Okay, well, let's let's better that relationship for you. Let's you know show forth your, because that's the thing is educating the civilian population about what a veteran is, and that's what Vets to Success has done really well is that we have great community partners like the Geckos, Andrea Oyster Bars, um, there's the EVs, there's the, uh, there's just so many. Um, Duval's. I mean, there's great companies, Longboat Key Club. I, I could go on and on of this list of they just they get it, and they realize that we're, we're what we're bringing to the table is something bigger. Um, and so we don't, you know, when we start out with our guys coming to the program, we don't pay um, minimum wage. We pay living wage. Yes, that's first and foremost mm -hmm. because you know you can't expect the most out of somebody when you're not giving the most to them. Of course. And living wage is so important, especially as cost of living is rising every day. You can't have anything. I mean, you got to have a quality of life associated with the work life. How do you expect them to get out of their own way if all they're focused on is the first step in, the Has in Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. If they're, if they're worried about their survival, how can they transcend and finally build that relationship with themselves if all their focus is in just being able to feed themselves every right. day? And you have to understand, like, we, we, we realize that Maslow's hierarchy of needs is super important. So food, shelter, and clothing, you know, if you don't have those three things in your life, you're going to be looking for one of those three things constantly. So we, we partner with great organizations within our community to provide those things because it's super important in partnerships. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that, and there's the word self-made. I hate the word self-made because nobody in this world is self-made. I don't care who you are. Um, that flag on, you know, Mount Saribachi was raised. Uh, by a, a, a platoon, <laughs> seven people, um, and uh, or sorry, six people, and one of them was a corpsman, and the rest were Marines. And so we did it together for a purpose. And after how many fell to get to that point? Exactly. And so there's a lot of failure in order for that to be raised. But they did it together. And not everybody's going to, you know, be able to raise a flag, but at least be part of the process. You know, your time will come as long as you stay focused, stay the course on your mission. Consistency. Persistence. Persistence, dedication, Mission. discipline. And just what I tell people all the time is, you know, find what it is that you truly love but you think you can't do and go after that. That is where your purpose lies. Well, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. You know, and stay focused. I mean, every day somebody calls me and they say, hey, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And I said, you know, I have a reason. You know, as I tell everybody, that I'm never going to get back that veteran I lost, my brother. But I can take the chance and work and save another family's life not have another family feel like we felt and you know this is what we do as a community and it's not going to be me it's not going to be um you know anybody else, you know the va it's going to be a community effort and that's what i love about tampa st pete is just such a strong veteran entrepreneur veteran communities to begin with and then veteran entrepreneurship yep. which we're going to segue into you're you know i'm very active in veteran entrepreneurship you were a part of the veteran entrepreneur uh, yep. the veterans florida entrepreneurship program with me that's where we met mm -hmm. um so what does what is what has entrepreneurship brought to your life, and what does up being a vetpreneur mean to you? Well, you know, it's funny. Is uh, 
I, I've realized that in the Marine Corps, I was taught to be a warrior. And it was, it was something amazing because I could do it all. I was doing it all. You know, it was a part of the fight. But in order to be an entrepreneur, you, don't, you can no longer be the warrior. You have to be the king. You have to have a king mindset. Yes. And you have to transition your mindset. And that's what it is. To be a veteranpreneur, um, it, it's about taking care of your own. It's about you know, understanding that vets can lead vets, but we can lead us on a, such a new road of opportunity. But we have what it takes, the mindset of persistence, passion, our spirit of core. We have honor, honor, courage, commitments. We have ethics. Uh, we understand all the base pieces, what entrepreneurship needs. But what we need is to have the king-like mentality and think about it. Because what we do great is that we remember being the E1, no one, even when we're an E5 NCO. Yep. You know, we get it. And so we understand that we're going to make you pick grass, but we're going to pick grass with you. Yes. But we're going to show you how to get it done the right way and we're gonna do it in the most proficient way, but we're gonna give you that pat on the back, we're gonna give you that um, the feeling of esprit de corps where you feel like you belong to Absolutely. something. And that's what you know, has really transitioned over from the military is I, I, I remember being this person. I remember when every veteran comes through my door, I remember being them just lost. Yes, that's how I feel with a lot of people that I, I run into, I just, I see what they're going through and especially with that self pain. And to me, there is no pain like that of self-hate no and when i find people that have that in their hearts for themselves i just want to do everything in my passion in my power to to help them just give them a tool or just give them even words of encouragement to make them feel a little better that day because there's nothing i won't even worse, wish that on my worst enemies well you know what's so funny is that you know I, I, humanity in general um and we have a homeless population here in the st pete Tampa area that's it's very large Expensive. um you know th the easiest thing you can do to somebody to make their day better is acknowledge their existence Every day we drive by somebody, every day we walk by somebody, we don't say hi. We don't say hello. We don't do anything of this nature, let alone, uh, you know, I don't give money, but I give water. You know, I'll give food. But to at least if I don't have those things, I go, how, how are you doing? How's your day? Sure. Even though they may have a horrible day, but you don't know, they may be having a great day. Um, it, just because they're homeless doesn't mean they're having a bad day. I mean, it sounds, you know, very like an oxymoron here, but. It, being homeless is not necessarily a bad thing to some people. They'd rather live that lifestyle. It's a choice to yes. some. Um, but you have to be accepting of the fact of humanity still sets a, a, a precedence for us to acknowledge life. Very true. And That's what the one thing Marine Corps really did well was you don't pass anyone without acknowledging their existence. Uh, every, you ever, corporals, lieutenants. I do, that, I do that to this day. Yeah, and, you, and I do it because I do it because I, in, a, in a weird way, I was that person that one time who, who was homeless and was lost and uh, was just kind of, I wasn't sitting there, but I was struggling with identity. I was struggling, did I matter? I was struggling, should I go on? Yes. Um, and something woke up. Yeah, absolutely. We're going we're gonna to transition to the last part of the show, my favorite part. Favorite part. And this, uh, this is going to talk about a little bit about mindset, mm -hmm. but also... I like to ask every one of my guests if you have a sage piece of advice that you can give a transitioning veteran or someone in the military that's about to go through transition, what would it be? Um, I have a, you know, something I've learned is if you, if you fail to plan, then you better plan on failing. 
And so start making plans now. If you're about to get out six months from now, um, you should have a contingency plan for six months after you get out. Um, and that that better include housing, especially if you're married. Wow. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Um, you know, a lot of veterans are getting out their spouses. And we, we under undermine the spouses where they also need transitional assistance. They do. They get none. None. Because they've also been taught to do only do a few things. Um, you know, very few spouses I've seen, men and women, um, don't have jobs. Um, they don't have to have jobs. Their job is to be a mom or a father in the home. Uh, that's an amazing job on its own, but in the real world, that doesn't cut it. You know, two incomes is, uh, two and a half incomes in some cases is yes. needed to sustain. Absolutely. And so, you know, to have a contingency plan, have you and your spouse sit down and talk about what you want to do um, and understand that this is going to be a, uh, it's a team effort. Um, and now your team is no longer the guy left, right, front, back. Your new team member is your spouse. Yes. And you need to, if you're going to go do this, you need to do it together. You need to think about, you know, what's the give and take. Because there's going to be a lot of give and take. And there's going to be a lot of hard times. But learn from those hard times. Absolutely. But start planning way before you get out. If you're going to get out a year from now, you should have a year out plan. Absolutely. And I mean, it's because it's, you think it's, oh, I'm going to go live at home. And okay, well, what jobs are back home? What do they pay? What's rent like? Um, what is, you know, school cost? What's cost of living? What's a car payment look like now that it affects your whole paycheck versus a part of your, you know, very low to your paycheck. Your housing is paid for. Your housing is not paid for now. Food, food electric, water, um, these trips to the nail salon, you know, like, all these things are different now, and that has a huge impact on your, your life. Your paycheck isn't guaranteed. No, and and in Florida, right to work state. Right to work. Right to work means you have the right to leave. <laughs> they have the right to fire you. You have the right to go bye bye. Absolutely. And uh, and I and these things we're not prepared for. We're not. Yeah, not at all. and it's not planning. So. And uh, that, that about wraps it up with uh, another episode of Vetting America. I'd like to thank Brian Jacobs yeah. of Vets to Success. How do we reach you, Brian? Um, well, we are reachable through Facebook, Instagram. We have a tweeter. We like to tweet. I'm a tweeter. Um, and uh, it's Vets to Success, V-E-T-S, the number two, success.org. Um, Brian at that. Um, be found. Uh, feel free to reach us out. Uh, we're coming to the St. Pete, Tampa area. Could be impacting the local populace here locally. Excited to work with anybody. Open for partnerships. Open for donations. Love donations. Um, but just open to make an impact together because this is what this is about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about this community and how we can make a bigger difference together. And that wraps up another edition of Vetting America. Please support us by subscribing to our official YouTube channel where you can learn about everything that's going on at Vetting America. Before we get going, I would love to give one more shout out to our sponsor. Until next time, keep your head on a swivel, be the change you want to see, and always stay frosty. This is Adam G. Cummings with Vetting America, signing off.